Other than the fact that this freaking hand thing seems to work like on, on any given occasion. That's the meme. It's like anytime he does that. Every time a dinosaur shows up, I just half expect that. <laughs> dinosaurs are always like, whoa, what? What is? Whoa, whoa, this guy's got something else. I've never <laughs> seen this before. He'll encounter dinosaurs he's never met before. Yeah. And they're always like, whoa, what? what what's, you got the hand up. Let's, let's see what this guy has to say. <laughs> Every time. What is happening there, Reject Nation? Greg and John back at it at the Cinemark. We just watched Jurassic World Dominion, but this time we watched it in a very specific format, which is D-Box. They wanted us to watch it in D-Box, and for a reason, I mean it sincerely. We even watched Top Gun Maverick in D-Box as well. Watching Jurassic World Dominion in D-Box, I do think is one of the absolute best ways to experience this film. It's been a while since we've done anything of this type of more immersive theater experience but they have completely fine-tuned they have they mastered the timing and the movement to be in sync with the audio and video of the movie it does make it more immersive it feels much more calculated it doesn't just feel like repetitive go through the motions of what it is it's super duper in sync and i loved it also that you can control the intensity because sometimes it could be a little too much for certain people and that was fun just to kind of mess around with from time to time during the movie so guys this is a great way to experience Jurassic World Dominion, especially with the kind of visuals and camera movement this film has. So go to Cinemark.com, get yourself some tickets today, and find the nearest D-Box near you because it's absolutely worth it. Now, how is the movie itself, though, as a whole? Let's talk about it. If you've seen our trailer reactions, you know we were both very much looking forward oh, yeah. to this film. Just a quick recap on thoughts and feelings of the Jurassic World franchise specifically. I really like the first Jurassic World movie a lot. I think it's a fun roller coaster. All right, there's the original Jurassic Park and then there's everything afterwards. So, but, but Jurassic World 1, I think is a lot of fun. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, I loathe that film. I know you like it a tiny bit more. I like it me. more than you. I like I, it more I, than I, Jurassic I, World, honestly. I loathe that film. But Jurassic World Dominion, I was very much excited by the trailers for this because it seemed like they had something so much more different to explore something so much more new as opposed to being locked off at like an island again or some shit like that this would take place around the world essentially you would see a world where humans and dinosaurs are learning to coexist with one another that's the world this movie is so this film basically has two plots there's a lot of plots. There's like 45 <laughs> plots in this movie, but there's two main plots on. you can boil it down to, all right? So the first main plot is you have Owen, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Claire, and and do, do you guys remember Clone Girl from the last movie? How could you forget? Well, if you did forget, don't worry. They're going to recap the shit out of it for you. There is a last time on Jurassic World, if ever I've seen one on this movie. <laughs> They're going to remind you to the core. If this is your first time, don't yeah. even sweat. So in that plot line, they have to keep the clone girl you know, separate from the world because everyone's after her. Oh, no. She's we, we need her DNA. And while they're living out in the wilderness, there's Blue. Blue's back. And Blue has a baby. Beta. Beta. I loved this dinosaur. All right. <laughs> I love blue's always been the best part of Jurassic World franchise. And beta, the baby blue. Love baby blue. You can hear all of those plushies being sold right now. So part of this world now is that there's a lot of poaching going on. Baby blue gets kidnapped. Clone girl gets kidnapped. Owen and Claire have to venture across the globe to go find them, rescue them. Second plot. 
which I won't go into too much detail about because the trailers actually didn't reveal much about it, but it's heavily, heavily, heavily focused on Alan Grant, Sam Neill, and Laura Dern's Ellie Sadler. They are such a predominant part of this film. It's not like they're just a cameo, and that's kind of a cool thing that I thought they did with it because you did have two different films in here where it's like Jeff Goldblum's not featured as much as them, still an important supporting character, but not featured as much. There's basically something with science, corporate baddie, and they they have to they go, gotta go stop, stop it. Stop that. They're going to go stop it. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the plot. And then eventually you'll see these, these two plots, you know, converge together into one. What I'll say is that in the first 20 minutes of this film, I was completely on board for it. It was exactly what the trailers were omitting to me and now watching it play out, where it had a sense of awareness of kind of how fun this could all be. A little cheesy, but a really good like fleshing out of here's what the world is like now and how difficult and challenging it is for the dinosaurs and humans to coexist with one another. It really had a good handle on it in a way that was really entertaining to watch. I was all for it. This one had a different setting in the sense that it wasn't just one setting, at least for uh, the first half of this movie. It wasn't just one setting. It was it's every setting. We're exploring the, the world, and it's a little cheesy, but I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. From what I'm about to say, you'll probably go, isn't that what you expected from the trailers, though? Isn't that what you kind of expect when you watch this movie? I don't understand how that's a criticism. That's what I want, Greg. That's what I saw the trailers. <laughs> the problem is it becomes numbing. It becomes a little tone deaf. Really. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a rinse repeat cycle of like okay here's a few lines either pertaining vaguely to an interesting idea that's plot oriented or here's a couple of kind of boilerplate character dialogue bits then oh wait there's a threat moment of suspense to pay homage to the fact that these used to be monster movies and now we're doing a big old action scene because we just found out the next location and what's between us and that location an action scene yeah. <laughs> pretty much spirals down a cacophony hole after a while yeah and you get so used to it it's never scary first off because of the fact that everyone who's put in these situations is often either the same people over and over and over again or it's just you know returning main characters so I'm not going to say who lives or dies by the end of this film but for the runtime of this movie you're pretty much guaranteed that uh, they're, they're probably going to be fine so it's not even scary and it's not that exciting and there's not much tension due to the fact that you know there's there's safety and plot armor with this these is guys. basically yeah. their job now is to be in these situations yeah as far as the return characters go what i'll say is that like alan grant weirdly was it, sam neill was is just always a pleasure to watch and it's nice seeing him and laura dern have a bunch of scenes together they still have great chemistry but alan grant ultimately felt unnecessary to this movie like he he just kind of grumped his way throughout the whole yeah, film yeah. and it felt like it was going to arc into something or he would do something super vital and important but he doesn't laura dern though i thought she was excellent i think laura dern out of the returning cast members is the best one of the of the three jeff goldblum was very fascinating because here's what the weird part about Jeff Goldblum. He was making the theater laugh at the same time, and I heard other people saying this too, he really didn't seem like he had his heart in this film, and he seemed like he didn't give a shit throughout it. And that's part of what made it funny 
because there's no must go faster, must go faster, you know, uh, Jeff Goldblum. It's just kind of mocking the material in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's a weird quality to these characters where I feel like, especially with the Jurassic World movies, to me, and especially with characters like Owen and Claire, there's a quality where even though they're played by the same actors and technically they're carrying on the same storyline, they always feel like they could be any two people. <laughs> and I feel like that almost sort of starts to seep into characters like Jeff Goldblum, who has appeared in multiple sequels and in the previous one, he's only in there for one scene. So I feel like out of everyone, it is a little bit of a bummer. He, he shows up, so it's fun to watch him, but it is a little bit like, you're used to this, I can tell. <laughs> well, the setup of this movie does have a great debate, and it does try to like bookend it with it of how do we coexist? Like, create this fictional world, and then let's have conversations about it. Let's have a debate about it. But halfway through this movie, it essentially just becomes another Jurassic Park sequel again, where it takes place at this isolated location. There's bad scientist guy. That's it. It's the same. Like, just setups of, like, encountering dinosaurs. It's so repetitive in the way it goes. Like, they just keep stumbling into the same setup like John described, and the same type of, like, they, they mix it up. There are, don't get me wrong, there are some really cool shots, and I really feel like Colin Trevorrow really cared. I feel like he really put his all into crafting these action scenes, but the emotion underneath is just not there. And, and it's not in the script either. And unlike Jurassic World 1, for me and for a lot of people, that was at least fun. Even though there's more of it, it's not anywhere near as fun. It actually feels like it takes itself even more serious this time around. And it feels like if you trimmed out 20 minutes of action and a maybe... A couple of plots. Yeah, yeah, and a couple of plots and maybe shifted some of that focus to our classic returning characters and our recent returning characters, you could have had something that is as fun as it wants to be and as satisfying as it wants to be. It's like the first Jurassic World movie was commenting on. It's like it almost gets boring because you're like, I, it does. I get it, dinosaurs and chaos, cool. Give me something to care about with the characters I am happy to see back. Well, it's kind of crazy how Chris Pratt has become progressively more boring in these films. He is like dead on the inside in this film. <laughs> he is not entertaining in the slightest bit. Bryce Dallas Howard, I think they try to make her character better here. And I like, this is weird because I like them both as actors and I like Bryce Dallas Howard a lot as a director especially, but man, they, they, they have no chemistry. There are a couple new characters who are, who are a lot of fun. There's this pilot girl who you've seen in the trailers when they're on the plane and then the pterodactyl comes flying down or a I don't know if it's pterodactyl, but whatever. That girl, she is great. Great. I was like, she should be the main character. <laughs> she should. She's great, yeah. Her and the guy who's the assistant to Jeff Goldblum were great, both too. great. And, and, but and her especially. Her especially. And yeah. when she showed up, I was like, oh no, I could easily see how this character could be written totally obnoxiously. She won me in every moment she, she elevates had. It. Yeah, she elevates it. If you're going to watch it, you're already going to watch it. You already kind of know what you're walking into. I was a little let down by the fact that the first 20 minutes seemed to be, oh, this is it. This is the film. This is what the trailers are. It's is good. But then it, it just becomes typical Jurassic Park sequel. And that's probably the biggest letdown of it. It's not that interesting whatsoever. It's like a lot of just science mumbo jumbo and some of it is based in realism but it's it, there's no pulse there's to no it. no personality yeah. or passion behind the script to really make no. that stuff sing. No, no, it's just information being thrown at you. Then act right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and too, if you wanted what the trailers were giving us, which is like, we're going to see these sweeping shots almost sometimes with no dialogue or no humans whatsoever there are moments little moments where the movie does do that just goes into these little visual sequences 
is, but they are not at all like the trailers would have you expect. Like no. they do descend pretty fast into blockbuster action cacophony. And I feel like the thing that is kind of stepping on its own feet about this franchise is the fact that they want to force it to be an action movie instead of a, like you can get a lot of action out of monster movie aesthetics, but I feel like they go full on action movie again with just that one little beat of suspense to pay service and it does diminish the returns of the thrills of the movie across the board. That's our thoughts on it. I okay. genuinely mean it that D-Box does make it a better experience. Yes. All right. And some decent ideas at the core. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if not D-Box for this, D-Box for something else because like, yeah. like Top Gun Maverick is a great film and oh great D-Box too. Uh, but Jurassic World Dominion, yeah, pretty let down by it. What do you guys want from this franchise? Uh, did, you, did you watch it? Did you like it? Leave your thoughts down below. Subscribe. Click that bell. Thank you to D-Box and Cinemark. We'll, uh, we'll talk with you all soon. <laughs>